Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. Amigos, y bienvenidos a the Had to Be There podcast, where we are exploring the world one story at a time. This is episode 85, and I'm so excited for you guys to meet my guest today. Kim and I connected on Instagram. I saw one of her viral reels, and she is living the most incredible life. I just knew you guys would want to hear from her and she was gracious enough to oblige. But before we get into our conversation with Kim, it's been a long time, but I'm going to keep our roundup extra short this week. I know some of you have noticed that I've been uh, slacking a little bit and I'm really trying to get back on my game. So thank you so much for bearing with me. Yeah, let's get that out of the way, right? the weekly roundup your express pass to all the travel news you may have missed as promised i'm going to keep this short and sweet first and foremost if you haven't already started christmas shopping you know what would be great under the tree a disney vacation so if you're looking for something to surprise your family with please get in touch with me. We'll find you the best pricing to fit your family so you can give the gift of Disney this year. Next up, I have a special offer exclusively for Academy Travel clients. Should you book a trip to Universal Orlando Resort this year, meaning traveling by the end of December, Academy Travel is going to gift you a $50 Universal gift card to spend however you'd like on your vacation. Stock up on souvenirs, get some extra snacks, load up on butterbeer. The sky's the limit, up to $50, you know. To take advantage of this deal, you need to book by November 30th for travel by December 31st. And remember, this deal is only available when you book through an Academy Travel affiliate like myself. And last but certainly not least, Celebrity Cruises has announced their Black Friday sale. Inventory is going fast for 2024, so don't hesitate to reach out if you want to travel soon. If you book your next Celebrity Cruise sailing by December 5th for travel up through April of 2026, you're going to get 75% off your second guest and bonus savings on select dates. That's a huge savings. A Black Friday kickoff event, which starts today, November 11th, and ends the 14th, where you can get up to $300 in savings per stateroom. The Black Friday preview you can save up to 600 bucks. That's November 16th through 22nd. And the big Black Friday sale, November 23rd to 24th, you can save up to $650 per stateroom. That's in addition to 75% off your second guest. 
don't miss out on this. Contact me today and let's start quoting your next celebrity cruise. So that's it. As promised, short and sweet this week. I'll be back next and every week, hopefully, with more travel news and updates from Disney and beyond right here on the Weekly Roundup. Bienvenidos a Guatemala, a land where history whispers through ancient ruins and nature's wonders beckon the adventurous soul. For first-time visitors, maybe begin your journey at Lake Atitlan, cradled by volcanoes. Boat across its serene waters, explore indigenous villages, and immerse yourself in the local culture. Or step into the colonial elegance of Antigua, where cobblestone streets lead you through a living history book. Discover vibrant markets and savor the flavors of Guatemalan cuisine. Then maybe venture into the heart of nature at Sumac Champé, hike through lush jungles, swim in crystal clear pools, and witness the breathtaking beauty of this hidden paradise. Then indulge in the rich cultures and lively spirit of the Chichicastenango Market. Explore stalls filled with homemade crafts, textiles, and the traditions of the indigenous Mayan people. Guatemala is a revelation of culture, history, and natural wonders. And today we're going to unveil the magic of this extraordinary destination. So please join me in welcoming my new friend, Kim. Hey, Kim, welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. Hi, Kelly. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so pumped for this conversation. I know we've been waiting to connect. (laughs) I'm so glad it's finally worked out. Before we jump in, can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little about you? Absolutely. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Kim. Uh, I live in Boston, Massachusetts. I am a lawyer at a law firm in Boston. Um, But you know, my whole life, I've been really excited about traveling. And um, after the pandemic, that really opened up to me more because I can work from my computer. So I spent the last couple of years traveling everywhere I possibly can. I love that. This is a unique career to also be traveling as much as you do. I feel like most of the digital nomads that I talk with are really doing their own thing and they're starting their own businesses so that they're working for themselves. But you have a very stressful, structured career. (laughs) How does, how do you balance that? How does that work out? Yeah, well, I've been at my company for about six or seven years now. So at this point, I have a little bit of flexibility. Um, I'm not the type of lawyer who goes to court. I work primarily with banks and technology companies. So everything I do is online. Um, We have offices all over the world and all over the country. So we're just used to working remotely and working via Zoom and phone and computer. And it was like that even before the pandemic. So um, now that not everyone's going to the office every day and people are all over the world, that's really opened up a lot of travel opportunities for me. Oh, I love it. I'm so jealous. Um, So you mentioned that travel's always been something that you have been passionate about. Can you remember a specific trip or vacation that you feel like 
That's when I caught the travel bug. That's when I knew I wanted to see more. Um, I can't even think of one because my parents liked to travel when I was a child. So uh, mm. once I was old enough, we used to travel quite a bit. Um, they preferred to stay around Europe. So I guess once I started getting a little bit older and had my own career and own opportunities to travel, that's when I really started to travel to other continents and I wanted to see more and more. Um, so one of the most adventurous things that really made me feel like I could do anything um, was a service trip to Africa. My cousin actually started a charity um, in Malawi where they were building a school and bringing running water to a really remote town. Um, so I think this was in 20, uh, 2015, maybe. I went with him and a group of people, and it was just so different than what I was used to. Um, and after that, I started traveling to South America, Asia. I still haven't been to Australia or Antarctica yet, but one day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So tell me, uh, first of all, where are you broadcasting from today? <laughs> I am in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, our primary home is in Boston, but we spend a lot of time on Cape Cod near the beach when we can. Oh, nice. So where are you taking us today? I'm taking you to Guatemala. I'm excited about this. We haven't um, had a Central America episode since like episode 11 or 12. So I'm really excited about this. What brought you to this region? What made you say like, hey, let's let's check out Guatemala? Um, you know, I think I saw something on TikTok and I really, really wanted to do it. And um, the specific thing I saw um, was something about hiking a volcano, which I can tell you a bit about later. But I had just come back from Hawaii where the volcano was erupting and it was so incredibly cool. But, um, you know, in America, they don't let you get too close. There's a, little, a lot of safety regulations. And I saw that in Guatemala, you could climb an actively erupting volcano. And I just really wanted to go and do that. And that was like, hey, that sounds like a great, safe, fun idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <I> amazing. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here to tell the story. Um, so tell me about this moment. This is the one that this is how I found you. Um, I came across your reel about this experience and I was like, ah, this is exactly the kind of thing I love to talk about. So take us through it. Yeah, so I was uh, basing myself in Antigua, Guatemala, because that's the closest city to where this volcano is. Um, and I, it's a beautiful colonial city, absolutely beautiful. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, and it has a huge amount of history, really interesting traditions with religion. Um, but it also has a really vibrant scene um, with restaurants, bars, partying and stuff. Um, and one thing about the UNESCO World Heritage Sites is I believe there's regulations that force the bars and clubs to close around one or two o'clock in the morning. So Antigua has this really vibrant after party culture. So I had met up with some travel friends and we had gone out for the night to this um I can only call it a rave that was sort of offsite, really out of the city. You get into this mm -hmm. sketchy van and you drive, you're just driven <laughs> to, you don't even know where. You don't know if you're going to make it back. But I was with oh people who I felt safe with. So yeah. we stayed out all night because you really can't get back until the morning. Sun was rising. And we get back to Antigua and it's pretty quiet. It's about seven o'clock in the morning. But I see some people starting to prepare for something. Wasn't really sure where, what it was. Um, and we had some plans to go sightseeing later in the day. So we decided to get some sleep at our hotel. 
Um, and when I woke up in the morning, the entire city was shut down for a Lent celebration. Um, they prepared everything by shutting down all the streets. They, they built these really beautiful carpets made out of pine needles and flowers and the whole city was decorated. And they have this massive processional parade um, where everyone from the church and from the town dresses up and they march around the town for at least four or five hours. It went on for such a long time. <laughs> but the problem was you couldn't go anywhere because everything was shut down. Right. Um, and nobody told us this. So one of my friends missed her flights. We couldn't quite get anywhere. Where oh, we were no. supposed to go. But it was really so amazing because we just stepped outside of our hotel and had this beautiful religious celebration and um, we got to learn more about it, talk to some of the people. And um, apparently this happens every Sunday during Lent. And I was wow. there in March. So it was a few weeks before Easter and they just get bigger and bigger and bigger every week. Um, but it was absolutely incredible to be part of that um, and be so welcomed into that celebration. That's amazing. Why do you think that people should add this experience to their bucket list? So I think Guatemala in general, um, not a lot is known about it. And, you know, what you hear about in the news is more about political issues and things like that. But if you actually go there and you remove yourself from the American lens, the people are incredibly welcoming. It's such a colorful and vibrant culture. Um, and you can really do so many things there. They have big cities. They have um, the volcano was incredible. Um, mm. And they have a really beautiful lake where I spent a couple days at. Um, their culture is absolutely incredible. They um, have a big sort of artisan crafts culture where they build these beautiful, beautiful textiles that I took some home uh, for friends and family. Mm. And, um, you know, their religious culture is really interesting, too, because it combines um, Catholicism along with um, some other, you know, Mayan traditions that were historically in the mm. region. So that made this religious celebration in Antigua just incredibly interesting. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. So I guess uh, if we had a tip for first time travelers, it would be uh, don't plan your return flight home on a Sunday during Lent because uh, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have to go with the flow there. I mean, most days things were relatively on time, but they don't operate the way the American schedule does. And that's too bad. It's Sunday. You know, everything's closed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The Had to Be There podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started. So, Kim, you've been to so many amazing places and I want to hear about as many as we can. So are you ready to play Passport Picks? Yeah, let's do it. So 
So to start off, do you know how many different countries, regions, etc. you have visited? You know, I should have counted before I got here. <laughs> I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 20-something or 30-something, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite travel companion to explore with? So I should say my friends and family, and I love traveling with them. Um, but... Um, there was one time I just didn't have anyone to go with. It was after the pandemic and I was dying to get out there. Um, and I just decided I was going to go solo. And um, I was afraid to be on my own and afraid to do everything by myself, that I would get lonely and bored. But the thing about solo travel is that you meet travel companions along the way. I'm totally addicted to it now because every time I go solo traveling, I meet some amazing new friends and we just have the greatest time and you never really know where the day is going to take you or who you're going to meet or what you're going to end up doing. So it's just really fun to be spontaneous. And, you know, some of these people, they're, they're friends for a week. They, you have a great time with them. You build a special connection. Um, but many of them I've been able to actually meet up with them again, um, multiple times because our paths crossed again, or we were going to the same country again and made a point to meet up. So, um, I've just made so many wonderful friends from traveling solo. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Do you feel like I, I feel like so many people want to do this, but hesitate because is it safe? Like as a woman, do you feel safe in these other countries and so far from home? Yeah, that's always a question every time I get nervous every time before I do it. Um, I mean, I think you definitely need to research your destination. And I also think you need to base yourself where there are going to be other travelers for that reason. Um, and every time I've done that, I've met other people to travel around with who had the same concerns. Um, I'm a big fan of booking a private room in a hostel because there'll be some sort of social environment, but you can still have your own space. I've also met people just doing, you know, boat trips or day tours for the day. And then I continue to travel with them. Um, so I think you just need to put yourself out there into, into a place where you will be around other people and you really won't be alone and unsafe. Yeah, that's great advice. So that leads me to my next question. Do you have a favorite travel tip or some kind of hack that you've picked up along the way? Yes, uh, I was very lucky. Um, I had a little bit of a travel mishap. Um, I was in Paris about 10 years ago and we were walking around near the Sacre Coeur and someone bumped into me and next time I knew my phone was missing from my pocket. So, no. yes, and I was traveling. Um, I thankfully I was I was with someone else and it was okay. But what saved me on that trip was the fact that I had downloaded a bunch of movies for the plane onto an old cell phone. Um, so I just had the last cell phone I had and I had it in my bag at home. So I was able to go back to the hotel, get a SIM card and use that for the rest of the trip. <laughs> So now oh every time I travel, I have an old cell phone with me. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah, and it comes in handy even if you don't get your phone stolen. Um, you know, if you're traveling somewhere, you don't really feel safe taking out your phone. You can maybe leave your nice phone at the hotel and, you know, take pictures with, you know, walk around the streets with your other phone, which you don't mind getting stolen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, either way, it's not ideal, but no. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but that was really a lifesaver that I had a backup with me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Do you have a favorite travel experience that was just completely unexpected and unplanned? Yeah, I have a great one. So this is my first solo trip. Um, I went to Croatia and um, I started out in Split, but then I was traveling to Dubrovnik for the second half of the trip. In Split, I met a bunch of really great friends and they were going to meet me in Dubrovnik a couple days later. But I had this one day in Dubrovnik where I was by myself, didn't know anyone. So I just decided to walk around the city by myself. Um, I went up to the walled city and you can walk along the wall um, and you can have a glass of wine up there. There's a cafe up there and it's just the most beautiful view. So I was about to leave. I just, you know, decided to sit down at the cafe for a little bit. And um, the manager of the bar saw that I was alone and started to just chat with me. Um, and he said, you know, usually they kick people off before sunset and close up the wall. But um, since I have to close the cafe, I have a key. Do you want to stay and see the sunset? <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. So he let me stay, watch the sunset private tour of the wall. Um, I had a great conversation just getting to know the locals who were up there. We talked about everything about, you know, the differences between our countries, politics, friends, traditions. And it was just a really special time. Wow. That's incredible. Croatia is one of these places that has just never been on my radar. But the more I talk to people who have been there, it's like creeping higher and higher up my list. It's incredible. And I think it's become really popular in the past couple of years. So um, I would recommend it. It's amazing. Yeah. Tell me which destination that you visited has had the best beaches. So I just got back from Sardinia and that's another one that's not on a lot of people's list. But when I tell you, I've never seen more beautiful beaches and I've traveled around Asia and, you know, the Caribbean and all the normal places where you think has the best beaches and they do have wonderful beaches. Sardinia had the most crystal blue water. Um, they had the most interesting um, landscape around the water too. There was one beach that we went to that um, had this white stone that looked like the surface of the moon. Um, wow. It was just so incredible. And they were all a little bit different and really interesting. So um, hands down, Sardinia was the most unexpected and absolutely the most beautiful beaches. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> This is my favorite question all the time. Do you have a favorite local food or drink that you discovered while traveling? So um, many. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's see. I just had a really interesting, just nice little, um, you know, meet cute during a little food experience. I was in Malta last week. And I was by myself again, and I made, made a couple of friends while I was there, but there was one night I um, needed to work, and so I need to find some food. I just went around the street uh, to a random pizza place from, I don't know, just around the corner from my hotel. And I just ordered some pizza for myself, and I'm waiting for the pizza. And the owner um, was making something for his friends who were uh, in there, but it was a little bit different. I didn't know what it was. So while I was waiting, the owner um, brings the food to his friends. Um, and it was kind of like a flatbread with butter and honey on it. Um, almost mm. like a dessert pizza, but it wasn't quite a pizza. It was uh, really interesting. So the owner just goes and rips off a piece from his friend's pizza and brings it over to me and said, you have to try this. This is like our local favorite. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
Yeah. That sounds so good. Was it delicious? It was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> do you have, the, this is important, I feel like as a solo traveler, do you have a favorite way to immerse yourself in a new culture when you're visiting? Yeah. Well, all those little experiences I just told you about, because, you know, I'm a solo traveler, you know, people, I guess, maybe feel safer to approach you or want to help you. And so I, I do make it a point to put myself out there and talk to people. That's number one. Um, but one of the things that I've done since I was a child with my family is home exchanging. Um, this is one of the ways I got into traveling. Um, basically, you can put your home or your vacation home um, and list it with... There's a couple different agencies. I use one called Home Exchange. And it's just an app and you pay a membership fee of about $175 a year. But then you get access to swapping homes with anyone in the world who's on the website. So we um, have gotten free accommodation in so many places. Um, this past trip, we stayed for free in Sardinia. And actually, the family who hosted us is now in my Boston apartment right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, they arrived yesterday. And so that's why I'm in Cape Cod right now, because um, they're in my Boston apartment. Um, but we met them in Sardinia, and they were so hospitable and so wonderful to us. Um, and when we arrived, they had a little aperitivo hour for us with some wine and snacks. And we just really got to know them while we were there. And it was wonderful. And we've done that in a couple of destinations. Um, right before Sardinia, we were in Nice, France and exchanged with a couple there. Uh, we've done it in Iceland, in um, Hawaii. Uh, we're doing another one in Hawaii this year. And it's, oh it's almost free. You pay the membership fee, but then you don't have to pay any nightly rates. And you can travel as long as you want, as long as you know it's mutually convenient for you. Yeah. Do you feel like it helps that you have an apartment that's in this uh, desirable city in the country? <laughs> it definitely does. Um, but I think even if you have um, an apartment or house in the suburbs, that's, you know, near something, maybe near New York or near near Boston, mm -hmm. um, sometimes you know people need more space than what I have in Boston. So sure. I think people uh, tend to you know match with people who have similar needs. So maybe if they have kids, they're not going to stay in my apartment. Um, sure. But if it's a retired <laughs> couple or a young couple, we've done that a couple of times. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm looking around, I'm like, man, I live in the boonies. <laughs> Who's going to want to stay here? But that sounds amazing. What a great opportunity. Yeah, and every time you get to, you know, talk to the people, hopefully you meet them in the process. It's not always possible to meet because maybe you're flying at the same time. But um, we had a wonderful time with the family from Sardinia. They just like couldn't do more for us. They were wonderful. Oh my God, that's incredible. Which place you visited has had the most stunning landscapes? This one's easy for me. Um, Chile, by far, has the most Ooh. varied and interesting landscapes. Um, last year we went, and I think everyone's more or less heard of Patagonia and is aware that Patagonia has you know stunning mountains, stunning glaciers, hiking. And we did a five-day trek around um, one of the national parks in the southern part of Chile in Patagonia. Um, but what I think people don't realize is that it's a really big country. I mean, it's long and skinny, you know? And so if you travel up the coast, um, you make it up to the city, which is great. And there's some really interesting wine regions that are just so beautiful. And mm. then up north, you get the Atacama Desert up by Peru and up by Bolivia. 
And the landscape up there, I can't even tell you how amazing it is. It's just this stunning desert. And then they have um, it's all these salt flats, because I guess it used to be underwater at one point. And now wow. it's uh, up in the mountains really high. And it's one of the driest places on Earth. So you get these, you know, miles and miles of just salt on on the floor. Yeah. And then they have little water oasis that you can swim in. It, it was just unbelievable. So I think between Patagonia and the South and then this desert up North and everything in between, I mean, it was just so beautiful and so different than anything that I'd seen before. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Can you tell me your greatest travel accomplishment? Um, so one thing about me is I'm, I'm not a vacationer. I don't relax when I travel. I want to see all the things I want to do all the things and, uh, you know, including physical endeavors. So, um, I, I started telling you earlier about, um, the reason why I went to Guatemala was to climb this volcano. So I'll tell you a bit about that. Um, so there's two volcanoes that are next to each other. Both are, um, around 13,000 feet pretty high. <laughs> and um, you start out in the city of Antigua, it's where you base yourself, maybe adjust to the altitude a little bit. It's at about 5,000 feet. And um, one of the volcanoes is dormant right now, but the other one is actively erupting every 20 to 30 minutes, actively wow. spewing lava, actively spewing ash and smoke. And so the way that you go to see that is you hike up the um, dormant volcano first to about 11,000 feet. And that's high. You, you feel it. You cannot breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes about six hours. And you can stop there if you want. Um, you can see the volcano from across the way erupting. So if you want to stop there, it's fine. You've already hiked for six hours. You're dead. But sure. then just when you've rested enough, the tour guides will say, hey, do you want to walk over to the active volcano? And you can take this ridge trail where you go down a little bit, you go down about 2000 feet and then you go back up the volcano that is actively erupting at you. And oh they let God. you get dangerously close, <laughs> dangerously close. Um, and if you go at the right time, usually um, just before sunset, the lava will start to glow. And it's just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And um, it's just, you know, spewing lava at you, but they do keep you, you know, sort of in a safe, safe-ish spot, but you never know. I don't know, but we were fine. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's very brave. I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, it was an incredible experience. And I just, you know, we just stood there in awe. It was so incredible. But um, then, of course, in the dark, once you're done watching it, you have to walk back. And so it was so long. It was such a long day. I think we were hiking a total of 12 hours at this crazy altitude. Ooh. Everyone felt awful. And then, sure. <laughs> and then the next day, they take you up to the summit of the dormant volcano to, to like get the view of the erupting one. But um, that is at 13,000 feet. It was the toughest climb ever. You would take two steps and then have to rest and try to breathe. Wow. Um, but then when we got to the top, it was all cloudy and we couldn't see anything. <laughs> Oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah, so thankfully we had the incredible experience on the active volcano the night before, and I was so happy with that. But, yeah. you know, summiting that volcano was the greatest accomplishment and also worst disappointment ever. <laughs> I bet. Oh my God. <laughs> Tell me about a recent travel mishap that you've had. Oh, gosh. Um, so we were on a home exchange in Maui last year. 
And it was amazing. I love Maui. Uh, we actually plan to go back to Oahu in a couple of weeks and do a different home exchange. I just love yeah. it so much. Um, and this, of course, was before all the fires. But we had gotten a message from this family who needed to come to Boston for a while. They wanted to visit the city. They had some business to do in Boston. And they offered us their house for a month. And we were like, absolutely. And you can stay in our apartment for a month, no problem. Um, oh yeah, so we, we went for a month and um, we traded cars. They had two cars that they said we could use. Um, and, and we have a car that they, they could have used if they wanted to come to outside the city and stuff. Um, but they told us, you know, one of these cars is a little bit unreliable. You might not want to use it to go anywhere difficult. So if you, um, you know, you know, take car number two, if you want to go anywhere difficult. <laughs> so we drove the famous road to Hana, um, which is incredible. I don't know if you've uh, heard of it or done it, but it's this stretch of about, I think it's about 60 miles or so. I can't remember exactly. Um, it's just this really beautiful road um, that has all these stops along the way with waterfalls and farms and uh, really beautiful coastline and some side hikes. It was just absolutely incredible. Well, on our way back, um, we hadn't made it that far on the way back either. <laughs> it was we were oh, no. probably about forty. We were probably about forty miles away from where we were staying. Oh, no. um, the more reliable car started steaming, and we had to pull over. And it's you know a one lane road, so we're trying to pull over to the side. And it's pretty remote out there, so we had no cell phone reception. Oh no! <laughs> thankfully, uh. thankfully, we broke down pretty close to a waterfall that other people were going to see. So some very <laughs> kind strangers um, tried to help us, and they drove us to a cafe where we could use their phone to call AAA. Um, um, always have AAA. <laughs> um, great tip. <laughs> yes. So we called AAA, and they said, "Well, um, we'll come get you, but you have to be back by your car." And I'm like, "Well, someone just drove me to this cafe. Like, I'm not near my car at all." So yeah. then we had to hitchhike back to our car so that oh AAA could come get us. <laughs> and again, there were some very lovely strangers from Canada who drove us back to our car. <laughs> Oh my God. And we did make it home, but, um, but that was just funny because the, our exchangers had told us to use this car instead of their other one. Oh my God. <laughs> Imagine what would have happened if you took the other car. Probably the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And you also had an experience, um, cliff jumping in the Philippines that I'm dying to hear about. Yeah, I should really stop cliff jumping. I've done it a couple times now in a couple different places. Um, yeah, I, I was just in Malta last week and we were cliff jumping there too, but it was much smaller. Um, but so the Philippines, uh, we were on the island of Sikihor and it's, um, it's, it's not terribly touristy, but there were some people there. And one of the things to do is to go to this cliff where they have a seven meter jump and a 10 to 11 meter jump, not exactly sure. And I said, oh, okay, I'll do the seven meter jump. Well, that one was closed, I think, because it wasn't completely high tide. So they said, well, you're doing that, you know, you're doing the high jump or you're not. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did it. Um, I, I probably shouldn't have. I did it though. It was honestly the most, um, it was an accomplishment, I would say. I feel good for having done it. But that water is not soft when you hit it from that height. Um, oh, and I landed a little bit off to the side, a little, little bit on my side. And so for the next week, 
the whole left side of my body was like bruised. I could, I had trouble breathing for a couple of days. Oh, God. To breathe. <laughs> but oh, I didn't want to let it. Yeah, I didn't want to um, let it ruin my vacation. So I just hobbled around the Philippines for the next week. <laughs> oh my God. I was fine. And you, and I love that, like, so this happened, but you have been cliff jumping since. Yes, not as high. Um, <laughs> I, the one in Malta was, I think, maybe five meters and not 11. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a riot. Is there anything that's still at the top of your travel bucket list that you haven't been able to cross off just yet? Ooh, yes. Um, Machu Picchu is a big one. Um, I think I think after doing Patagonia, I really want to go back to South America and do Machu Picchu. Um, and then honestly, I think the, the really, really important next trip that I want to take is to explore more Central America. Um, mm. I didn't know what to expect with Guatemala. It was sort of, I went on kind of a whim. Um, but yeah. I met other travelers who had been traveling from Belize, from Honduras, from Panama. And so I think I really want to go back and explore more of these regions because um, I think what I like so much about Guatemala was that um, you you don't really get to see what it's like from America because what you hear about it is not anything like what it is there. Um, mm-hmm. And so you feel like you're in on some kind of secret where you know something is so wonderful and it's a hidden gem. And I think that Honduras and Belize and Panama will be a lot like that. And I just heard so many wonderful things from people who were traveling around Central America. Oh, my God. Great answer. (laughs) So, Kim, tell me where we can find you if we want to follow along in all of your adventures and new places that you're visiting. Yeah, I, you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at, at Passport Candy. And uh, right now I'm posting about the trip that I just took to Malta, Sardinia and south of France. So you can find all that there and content from our other trips as well. And I have to tell you, your content is amazing. I'm always sharing your stuff because it's just it really ignites that wanderlust inside of me (laughs) thank you and thank you for the support and for sharing it i appreciate that a lot absolutely please keep doing what you're doing and you are welcome back anytime (laughs) thank you i'll I'll give you a call after the next trip (laughs) yeah sounds good (laughs) great if you enjoyed this episode the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening and if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there Reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at Had to Be There 203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.hadtobethere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own Had to Be There memories.